Welcome to the Masterful King Podcast. If you're here, then you're a man who isn't afraid to go to war. To go to war against your insecurities, your doubts, and your fears. You are someone who strives for mastery over yourself. You choose to live your life intentionally, deliberately, in full alignment with your vision and integrity. Daily, you are doing everything in your power to actualize the best version of yourself, knowing you will never truly achieve it, and yet that never stops you from continuing to try as you are committed to creating your greatest contribution in the world. You exude excellence in your habits, optimizing your health as you bring your best to your relationships and work because you are devoted to creating prosperity in all areas of your life, sharing your abundance with the world. You strive to be the best you can be and acknowledge the moments you fall short, never allowing those moments to stop you from trying again and again until your last breath. Because you know every mistake and failure is an opportunity for growth and improvement. And no matter how many times you've been beaten down, you continue to show up because your vision of the kingdom you are here to build, it pulls you. And you love the process of mastery. You are the masterful king of your life. Because men like you refuse to settle for anything less than your best. Welcome, King. This is for you. It's May of 2020, and we're locked down, so we're not leaving our home. I'm living in a small basement apartment with my roommate, his partner, and my partner, Amanda. And I continue to hear this whisper to take a hit of MDMA by myself, something I'd never done before. And it was really scary. Like MDMA, you know, I've had a lot of experience with it in my past. At times it was very unhealthy and I've also experienced it very ceremoniously and it had been very healing, but it always had been with people. I'd never done it by myself. And although it was scary and it was terrifying, I decided to listen to the call and that night transformed my life. My name is Roberto Paez. Welcome to the Masterful King podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you about how one night of MDMA completely transformed my life. Now, I do want to share a few little disclaimers. Number one, um, I'm a big advocate for psychedelics. I've been on the extreme of both sides of psychedelics and plant medicine. The first extreme is being completely addicted to substances, um, my life going in a downward spiral due to addiction to drugs. And then on the other extreme, being completely sober, where I don't touch any of these substances ever. Um, I've lived on both of those extremes. I know what both feel like. And now I'm at a point where I have a very harmonious relationship with psychedelics, with plant medicine. And I'd say about maybe three, two to four times a year, I'll go deep into ceremony with a variety of different psychedelics like LSD, MDMA, psilocybin, you know, ayahuasca, things like that. And I really believe in number one, people doing their own research. I'm going to share with you my story and I'm in no way encouraging you to do what I did. You need to do your research. And yes, when exploring the realm of psychedelics and plant medicine, it is always best to do it 
with the guidance of a professional, a licensed therapist, a shaman. Like it's really, really important to do this the right way. And I'm someone who's had so much experience with psychedelics. And that's why I now consume them in the way that I do because of the experience I had. I've worked with a lot of professionals over the years who've guided me. And a big bulk of my experiences have been with friends, have been by myself, um, which for me is like my favorite way to consume them is often by myself or even one-on-one -on -one with someone that I really care for. So ultimately what I'm saying is do your research. And if you're gonna go in the realm of psychedelics, then make sure you uh, do it with a professional, a licensed professional who can guide you through the process to make sure that you're safe. Because yo, like people literally die with this stuff. And if you fuck around, it can cause some serious trouble. Now, the, the story that I'm going to share with you today is a pretty big one for me. One that I've wanted to talk about for years, uh, but I never felt like I could. Part of me was afraid of being judged. Part of me was afraid of, of the way that people would see me. But I've realized that the lessons derived from the story are too important. And they're too valuable to keep to myself out of fear of your judgment. So if me experiencing psychedelics is the thing that you believe just writes me off or invalidates the value that I bring, then you can stop listening right now. Um, and my encouragement to you is to just let go of any of your judgments as you listen to this episode, uh, because there's probably some wisdom here for you, especially if you're resistant to hearing what it is that I have to say. One of the biggest lessons that I learned from this MDMA night uh, is we need to break up with our parents. Straight up, we need to break up with our parents. Uh, because when we don't break up with our parents, we live our lives seeking their validation which means we are not living from a place of truth, but rather we are living from a place of childlike grasping for attention. And that's no way to live, in my opinion, in how I view the world. I don't want to live my life through the lens of how I think mommy or daddy is going to like. Fuck that. I'm not here to live their life. I'm here to live my life, the life that God has called me to live. And I'm not going to live that if I'm constantly worried about what mommy and daddy think, or I'm constantly seeking their approval. And so the, one of the biggest lessons I learned in this whole experience that I'm going to share with you today is we need to break up with our parents. And this is the story about how I actually did break up with my parents, specifically my mom. Specifically, my mom. Now, if you've if you've listened to past episodes, then you heard the story about how I was kicked out at ten years old um, from my mom's house, and over the years, that was a really core wound for me. Uh, that took me a long time to really heal and overcome. And now, like we have an amazing relationship, but it wasn't always like that. In fact, we had a tumultuous relationship growing up. I hated my mom. Every time I was around her, it was just a matter of time before we would scream at each other and, and just say horrible things to one another. And this night, the night I took MDMA by myself is where everything changed. And I can, I can uh, feel as I'm getting ready to share this with you right now, I can feel like my spirit is stirring right now because this is a vulnerable story for me. 
So two things before I share it. Number one is I ask that you treat my vulnerability as the sacred gift that it is. Because it's a fucking gift. Just like your vulnerability and your expression is a gift. And our vulnerability is not something that we share with just anybody. We share it with people who are special to us, who we are trusting to treat our vulnerability like the sacred fucking gift that it is. So I'm asking you, listener, the person listening to this podcast, to treat my vulnerability with tenderness and with care. And to be honest, like I let go of how you receive it because once you put it out there, it's not up to me how you receive the gift of my expression. And I'm cool with however you receive it. I'm asking you to treat it with tenderness, with care. And the second thing is I'm sharing the story with you, not for me. I'm genuinely sharing it because I want you to understand the value and importance of breaking up with your parents and how fucking scary I want you to know that I know how scary it can be to do this how terrifying it is to finally claim who you are and let go of how anyone else sees you especially your parents because this process that I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through this evening that I had was one of the most liberating experiences of my life and it was also one of the most difficult. And you'll understand why. Okay, so I'm in my apartment, you know, I set the intention. It's clear that I'm gonna do this by myself. So I take I take the MDMA. And uh, I remember sitting down and I was getting ready to like put on the TV because that's something that I used to do a lot. When I would distract myself, I would put on TV and I would watch a show. I would watch like a movie, things like that. I'm a huge comic book anime nerd. I love that shit. Um, and so as I was picking up the remote, I sat down on my couch. For some reason, I think I was alone at the house, which was strange. Uh, but no one, I think, you know, maybe my, my roommates and Amanda had gone out for a walk or something or taking the dogs for a walk. And so I sit down and I, I'm about to turn on the TV and something told me to stop. So I put down the remote, I close my eyes and I start meditating. And I immediately start saying, I love you. 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 I love you over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then I thought to myself, am I going to sit here for this entire trip, for this entire six to eight hours, and just nonstop tell myself I love you? And I'm like, yep. Because <laughs> that's the kind of crazy disciplined motherfucker that you are, bro. You see, whenever I take psychedelics, I'm not taking this to escape. I'm not taking this to just get high. I'm taking this for depth. I'm taking this to experience a deeper aspect of myself. I'm taking this so that I can face the parts of myself that I'm in conflict with, and then I can bring them into integration, into wholeness. That's why I take psychedelics. That's why I go in these ceremonies. And of course, I know I don't need them to do this. I know that I can, but why wouldn't I? This has literally been created. It's a tool. It's like, it's like me denying the, the use of a hammer. It's like, well, this was man-made. It's like, yeah, a hammer was man-made to help. <laughs> to make life easier to hammer things. And to me, every single psychedelic is a tool that can be used. And if used intentionally, properly, 
with care and sacredness. It reveals so much truth, so much abundance, so much prosperity um, that is just undeniable. This has been my experience with psychedelics. And this night was really cool because like one thing that, that does happen with MDMA sometimes is if you're not conscious or present or aware, your jaw will start to clench unconsciously. And, you know, I was sitting there meditating and the moment my jaw would start to clench, it was like a, a trigger or a signal that, oh, bro, you're losing presence. And he would remind me to come back to saying, I love you. And I noticed this theme. Every time my jaw would clench, it was the automatic negative thoughts that were starting to come up. It was like my unconscious mind was giving me real-time feedback of like, you know, there's something that like, I'm just, it's, it's like difficult to bite down on. And then I would, ah, relax. And just say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I remember there was one vivid moment where I'm sitting down. And I lost presence. And in my mind's eye, there was like this old man who was just saying horrible things to me. Like, you're never going to be enough. And you're a piece of shit. And you're the worst. And you're a monster. And you're this, you're that. He had like this scowl on his face. And again, I'm like biting down, right? My jaw is clenching because I'm unconscious. And then when I noticed it, I just relaxed. And I, I in my mind, I saw the old man and I'm like, yo, man, I thought you're just a part of me. Like you're literally just an expression of me and who I am. And I love you anyways. And in that exact moment, as I said, I love you. He just like went from like the scowling old man with this mean face to just relaxed, like stood up straight, had a big smile and just started waving. And then as he started waving, again, this is all in my head, right? I'm like, I'm now running through a field with an ocean of all these different facets of me, all these different characters, some big, some small, these like giants, these warriors, these like meek little weaklings, these sexy hot women, like all these parts of my psyche. And I'm talking oceans, like it was endless how many parts of me there were and i'm running through a field going i love you i love you i love you i love you and they're all waving at me they're all cheering and it was so special and i'm just crying you see because what this this pattern what what this taught me what this integrated into my way of being into my life is that i respond to everything with love anytime i hated myself anytime i felt like i was not enough every time i doubted myself i responded with i love you I love you anyways. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. It was so cool and it was so special. Now here's where things start to really shift. So this is the night that I've fallen in love with myself, all parts of myself, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the courageous, the fearful, all of it. I literally fell in love with myself that night. And then I pick up the phone. And I decide to call my Polish Catholic mom at 1130 at night, peaking on MDMA. Some would call that crazy. And those people would be right to call that crazy. So she picks up the phone and, and I, I need to preface, the reason why I called her is because at that point in my life, I felt like I had a very surface relationship with her. And like, yo, I can't fucking stand surface relationships. I don't like small talk. And that's not true. I don't like surface small talk. You know when people, when you say, hey, how are you doing? And they go, not much you, or what's going on? Same old, same old, how about you? And I'm like, I just, I find those responses so 
boring. You're like, there's not much going on in the infinite universe that dwells within your heart and mind. There's not much bullshit. There's a lot going on in there that you either are unaware of or that you're just not willing to disclose. And that's fine. Like, you know, that's actually totally cool. If you don't want to share shit with me, no problem. But I just don't care for surface level relationships. I really, really don't. And I don't give my time to surface level relationships, not deep time anyways. My time is so valuable. My time is so precious that I only want to invest time with, with people, situations, and circumstances that pull out more depth, more love. And that requires a willingness to not live in the surface. The key to real intimacy is vulnerability. We can't have a deep relationship with anybody if we're not willing to be vulnerable. And so here I am having this surface relationship with my mom, but I'm mad at her for giving me these surface reactions, these surface responses, but I wasn't willing to be vulnerable either because I was afraid of her rejection. I was afraid of her hating on me or judging me for who I am. So I would hide myself. I was literally doing the exact same thing that I was upset at her for doing. And so when I'm calling her, peeking on MDMA, this was my attempt at saying, hey, this is who I am. And I know you may not agree with it. I know you may judge it. I know you may hate it. But this is my attempt at, at like putting out my hand to say, hey, like, can we, can we like really create something magical here? Can we create a magical relationship? Because I can't do this by myself. And if I'm going to start, if we're going to start the process of creating depth, it requires at least one of us to be willing to put ourselves out there and be vulnerable. And so I called her, she picked up the phone and uh, I said to her mom, like, I, I don't like our relationship. It's incredibly surface and I can't stand surface level relationships. I want a relationship of, of depth with you. You're too important to me to not have that. And so I'm calling you and I need to be really transparent with you right now. I'm on something called MDMA. And she goes, Robert, what is, what is MDMA? And I tell her what it is. And she goes, oh my God. She was so worried. I mean, of course, like basically, you know, her, her son just called her and told her she's on drugs. And although I don't really call it drugs, I really do call it medicine when it's done intentionally, deliberately, lovingly. It's medicine. And you know, I proceeded to try to convince her why what I'm doing is okay. And I said, mom, like, you don't see my habits. I'm up at like 5am every day, cold shower every day. I eat incredibly well. I train all the time. I'm literally helping people completely transform their lives and the coaching programs that I'm creating. Like, I'm a good man doing good stuff. And if you're going to just see me through the lens of this one aspect and generalize all my behavior when you don't actually know me. You don't know anything about me. You don't actually want to know me because you are so afraid of who I am and that who I am stands completely against what you believe that you don't actually want to know who I am. And anytime I try to attempt to share who I am with you, you give me judgment and rejection. And this is me saying like, yo, I'm done with that. Like I'm done hiding who I am. And if you cannot respect that this is who I am and cannot accept that this is who I am, then just know that that's actually okay. I don't hold that against you, but I just won't 
be in your life. And of course, my hope was that, you know, mom was going to be like, oh my God, Robert, like, okay. Like, I was hoping she'd be curious. I was hoping that she would be curious, at least. Ask questions. Try to understand where am I coming from. Trust me that I'm my own man and I'm making my decisions from a place of sovereignty, that I am doing what I believe is best for me. And and my life is producing fruit that is validating that I'm on the right path. And she proceeded to uh, call me the devil, said I'm living demonic ways. She uh, just, yeah, got, you know, shared a really aggressive tone that was, uh, that I remember hearing so much when I was a kid. There was that, that tone that would literally evoke this like, fear, trauma response, talking about it as I hear it in my head literally brings up anxiety in my body right now. Like I literally want to cry right now as I think about it because it's just so intense and aggressive and it feels demonic, you know, it literally, it literally feels demonic. So we hung up the phone and it was hard, but I, I was okay. I was honestly okay. I wasn't mad at her. I didn't hold it against her. I was still in love with myself. Nothing she said affected my relationship with myself. And so the rest of the night was like pretty chill. You know, I made a decision that the next day I was going to go talk to my mom. And uh, I just like enjoyed the night. You know, Amanda was there. Um, and she, you know, was just so supportive and so loving. I obviously told her everything. And she was a bit, you know, heartbroken. But I was like, yo, like, it's okay because, like, I've got me. Like, for the first time in my life, I was not affected by the shit my mom was saying because I really felt secure within myself, right? Like, what a gift to give ourselves. The gift of inner security, of inner trust, of inner confidence so that our confidence, our esteem is not dictated by anyone else's actions or opinions. Like, that's the practice, folks, to get to a point where we live this way, right? And I don't, and, and let me be clear, like, I don't do that perfectly even now. Like, there are still times I catch myself, you know, uh, grasping for people's validation and approval. Uh, but I do my best to come back to truth, to come back to the standard in which I choose to live, which is as an Truly a man led by God. Like that's my intention. That's where I come from every day. Imperfectly. I'm not perfect. I am human. I make mistakes. And to me, being led by God means being in alignment with my soul's most empowered expression. Like that's actually what that means to me, to Roberto, right? And the whole intention of all these episodes of this podcast is for you to figure that out for you. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. I'm here trying to give you insights, tools, mindsets, strategies, tactics to help you create the most magnificent life that works for you. And so the next day comes, I wake up. First thing I do is I go straight to my mom's. And um, basically like my intention was being like, hey, listen, like what happened last night is not okay. Like. I came to you vulnerably being like, this is who I am. And you just fucking called me the devil, the de a demon. Like, mom, I love you so much, but I don't fucking owe you anything. Yeah, you birthed me. You raised me. And I'm so grateful for the fact that you raised me. But I got a kid at home. I got a woman at home who's going to be my wife one day. And I'm responsible for them. I owe them everything. 
And the way that I'm going to show up best for them is by being the most authentic, best version of myself, which means that I surround myself with people who respect who I am. Because people who don't respect who I am, who criticize me constantly, who judge me constantly for my way of being, I'm not going to have them in my fucking life. And I don't care if you're my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, the fucking Pope. I don't care. My job is to raise my sons to become men who are authentic to themselves, who are living in alignment with their definition of God, whatever that means for them. That's my duty. That is my responsibility. And the way that I'm going to do that for my sons is to be the example of that. And if you cannot respect that, because for whatever reason that goes against your moral code or your values, that's actually okay. I don't hold that against you. I want you to live in your truth. I want you to live in alignment with your soul's most empowered expression, with what you believe God is calling you to and through. But let me be clear, if you cannot respect that, I will not be in your life. And yeah, I'm going to grieve and it's going to be, and it's going to be heartbreaking and it's going to suck. And I'm going to wish that it wasn't the case, but I will accept it because I'm not here to live for your approval. I'm here to be me and be the best me that I can be. And anyone who tries to hold me back from being the best me, authentic to me that I can be, then they're just not going to be in my life. Whether they're my mother, father, doesn't matter. And so I share all that with my mom and, you know, from her worldview, she has an obligation as a Catholic woman to be an advocate for me to become Catholic. And anytime I do things that are not in alignment with that, she feels like, yo, like I'm in this for the salvation of your soul. Like that's my intention, right? Is to, to make sure that your soul is in peace for eternity. I don't give a fuck what you think about me, but like, that's what I'm going to advocate for. Which I totally get. And so the conclusion we came to in that conversation is I'm not going to stop being who I am. And she's not going to stop trying to convince me that I'm wrong. And so I told her with tears in my eyes, I hugged her. I loved her. I said, then this is probably going to be the last time you ever see me. And she kind of rolled her eyes and was like, because when I was younger, I used to say shit like that all the time. But the difference is, is I was a kid back then. I'm a man now. I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. And so for three months, I had zero contact, and it was hard. It felt liberating in one sense, being like, yo, like, I'm not doing this, you know? Like, I'm just, I'm done. I'm fucking done. Um, but it was hard because I kept envisioning getting that phone call of like, hey, your, your mom's dead. And just not being there, like, that sucks to think about, you know? You know, all the shit that my mom and I have been through, all the pain, all the struggles, all the challenges. My mom's a good woman. Yeah, in spite of all the challenges, like, my mom loved me. And she did her best. She really did her best. And I acknowledge that. And there were some really great times. I felt, There was a lot of times I felt love. There were a lot of times I felt fear and terror and pain. But there were a lot of times I felt safe. A lot of times I laughed. A lot of times I enjoyed my life. And so I don't want to just focus on the pain, which I did for so many years. And after about three months, I just couldn't stop thinking about her. And I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try one more time to see if we can create some safety here. 
And so I reached out and said, hey, I, I, I wrote a letter for you and I'd love to read it to you. And I have the letter somewhere. It probably would be valuable one day to like look it up and read it. What I said to her essentially is I said, look, like I just want the same respect that you would give your Muslim neighbor. She looked a bit confused and I said, here's what I mean. If you, if your Muslim neighbor came to you and you said, Hey, how are you? And they're like, "Whoa! I just had like the most incredible prayer and connection with God. Allah has just been so wonderful to me and I'm just really loving my prayer time and I'm reading the Quran and I just feel so connected to God and my purpose. You wouldn't go to this person and say, yeah, but Jesus is your Lord and Savior, eh? And like what you're doing is actually demonic and wrong and you're actually going to burn in hell for all eternity if you don't change your ways. You would never fucking do that. Why? Because that's so insensitive. That is so fucked up. That is so rude. And it's so personal. Like our spiritual beliefs are so personal to who we are. They're so attached to our identity. And I just want that same respect. When I talk about who I am, I don't want that like judging look on your face. I don't want you to try to constantly correct me, constantly trying to convince me that I'm wrong. Because like, who the fuck are you to tell me what my relationship with God looks like? That's not for you to say. And that was the moment where it really clicked for her. She's like, I get it now. I was like, you don't need to accept what I do. But if you want me in your life, you need to respect who I am. You need to respect that this is how I'm choosing to live my life. As a man, as a father, as a husband, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman. As a spiritual man, a man led by God. This is who I choose to be. And if you can't respect that, that's okay. I'm just not going to be in your life. And she decided in that moment, she's like, okay, I'm going to do my best. She's like, please, I don't, please don't expect me to be perfect, but like, I am going to do my best. And that was, you know, over three years ago. And to this day, we actually have the best relationship we've ever had in my whole life. And there's a few lessons that I want you to understand. The first one I already talked about, you need to break up with your fucking parents. Let go of what they think about you. You're not here to live your life for them. You're here to live your life, period, and live it on your terms, not through the lens of mommy and daddy's approval. Fuck that. The second lesson that I really hope you derive from today's episode is that it takes two people to make a relationship work and thrive. The only reason why my mom and I have the best relationship we have now is because we both decided to listen to each other and put in the work to move through conflict. Oh, and there's been a fucking ocean of conflict between her and I. But we both decided if one of us wasn't willing to put in the work to heal, then it, didn't, it wouldn't matter the effort that the other one was putting in because it takes two. It takes two to create a relationship that is magical, that is deep, that is intimate. It's impossible to do by yourself. And then the last lesson that I hope you learn, that I hope you really derive from this is that it takes courage to really be yourself. Did you know the root word of the word courage comes from the Latin word cor, which means heart? So to be courageous means to act with your heart from a place of heart-centered action. And when we are acting from a place of heart, we're acting from a place of truth, from a place of vulnerability. It's exposing 
to act from a place of heart, right? Like imagine literally pulling out your heart in your hand and like showing it. That's fucking vulnerable. And that's what you do when, when we act courageously is we're acting vulnerably from a place of truth. And then the fourth one, which I've already talked about, is true intimacy is impossible without vulnerability. It's impossible. You cannot have intimacy without vulnerability. It's a necessary ingredient. And so if you're feeling your relationships are surface, maybe there's a level of vulnerability that you could lean into or invite the other person or the people in your life to lean into. I hope to God that this was helpful to you. I hope that this was valuable for you. This was so, um, yeah, honestly, wonderful for me to share. And, um, and if you did get value from today's episode, I really invite you to send me a message, like, you know, go into the show notes and in the description, click on your favorite social media channel and just send me a message with your biggest takeaway. I would love to connect with you. I would love to hear what stood out to you. Uh, it would really be an honor to, to hear that. That would be really nourishing. And that's the fuel. That's the fuel that keeps me going. When I hear people get value from this, I'm like, oh shit, it's hitting, it's landing. So if it's landing, please let me know. This is Roberto Paez reminding you to be masterful. Have the best day of your life so far. Ciao for now, King. King, I hope you got so much value from today's episode. And if you did, it would mean the world to me if you could just take 10 seconds to give my podcast a five-star review. The more people like you who invest the time to give me this sort of rating, the more the algorithm is going to share this episode with more men. And you and I both know that men need this message. The burden of what it means to be a man can be heavy sometimes, and we need support. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about supporting men and teaching them how to become the masterful kings of their lives. So please take 10 seconds to give this a five-star rating so together we can help improve the planet.